have thought about why should I believe in the Bible? Why should I believe in the Bible? Because I, I figure out the last couple of months, there's a big debate about the Bible. Is the Bible really the Word of God? Is the Bible really inspired by the Holy Spirit? Deconstruction and all those things. And I think a lot of Christians, they are wondering and thinking and are not so confirmed and sure anymore that the Word of God, the Bible, is really the foundation of our faith, of our church, of our journey that we're following God. I remember I was in the first uh, school, it's a long time ago. I remember we had, a, we had a teacher. She taught us every week about Moses. And I was a little young guy, and I was so impressed about the story of the Bible. Because God took Moses and all the people that led them out from Egypt into the promised land. They, they uh, parted the, the, the water. Uh, they walked through, and all the Egyptians, they died. And God sent some manna bread. And manna bread means they never had to cook. They never had to do the grocery store. They never had to do the cleaning. Can you imagine? You never have to do grocery store. I will be happy. No cleaning and no cooking. All was done for every single day. For 40 years, the food came from heaven. The water came from a rock. And all the crows, they wear like the socks and the underwear and everything. They remained for 40 years. Can you imagine? I would say, oh God, that's cool. No shopping anymore. Is anyone you like shopping? No one. I know it. Because shopping is old. It's over. So no shopping anymore. Can you imagine? I was so impressed. And when I was 18 years old... I bought my very first Bible. I know you know some stories from the Bible, right? But a lot of people, they do not know the story from the Bible, of the Bible, how this Bible came to existence. And a lot of people think when Jesus came on earth, he brought the Bible with him. Hey, that's the Bible from heaven. It's all good. Here's a copy for you guys. No, I remember when I was 18 years old, when in those days, you bought a very thick Bible. Thick means that's the real word of God. Uh, for example, in the back there were some, some um, ma map. Map for going to Sharm el-Sheikh, Hurghada, Marsmala, or you see some ideas for a cruise, cruise trip with Paul to Greek and Rome, wherever. I remember there were some maps and you have some cross-reference and it was everything very, very structured. And I remember I was so pumped about the Word of God, so I took some, some colors, and in the beginning, I colored always everything. I colored everything like this. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. I know maybe five years later, I thought, oh, Pastor Leo, this is too extreme. Just color maybe only one Bible verse, which is very, very unique. And I know everyone, you know, some stories uh, from the Bible, but a lot of people, they do not know the story about the Bible. How does this Bible came to existence? And I want to share with you a little bit history, if this is okay. But I think it's very important that you understand how these books came to existence. And then next Sunday, I want to preach about the Old Testament, then why God chose Paul. Why Paul and not me? Why Paul? And then you will understand the Bible is really such an amazing book we can read everything about the life events of Jesus Christ. So the story doesn't begin in the beginning. It starts actually with Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ walked on this earth, there were a guy, his name was Luke. And Luke, he was a doctor, a Greek doctor. And he wrote down everything for his best friend, Theophilus. 
Theophilus was a very close friend from Luke, and he was a first century follower of Jesus Christ. And Luke was saying, hey, I want to write down all the events of Christ so that you can be really, really sure that Jesus Christ is the real deal. So Luke starts actually in Luke chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. This is now the numbers we have now on the, in the Bible. But Luke wrote down everything in a document, in a, some papers, not on an email, not on a smartphone, on some documents. So he wrote down the life events of Jesus Christ and he starts, many have undertaken to draw up the account of the things that they have been fulfilled among us just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and the servant of the Lord. He's saying, I'm not the only one. I'm not the only one. This is a very important, but I'm not the only one who writes down the life events of Christ. There are other people, they will do the same thing what I'm doing right now for you. So we're three and four. With this in mind, Theophilus, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, in the beginning, beginning. So I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know that certainly of the things you have been taught. He's saying, you can be really sure that Jesus Christ is the real deal. And I want to write down like a doctor, not like, like a doctor that everything is according the life event of Christ. So you know what happens then? Jesus Christ died on the cross. And this was a very shocking moment for all the first Christians. They felt now the life, our life is over, Christianity is over, it doesn't work very well. And everyone was very confused, but Luke said, no, 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 I don't stop. I want to show what happens next. And he writes down everything what comes now. In Luke chapter 22, verse 35. Then he took it down. I mean, Joseph from Arimathea took down the, the body of Christ, wrapped it in a linen clothes, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one which no one had yet been laid. You see, a lot of details. I will say, Jesus died, boom, we took it into a doom. This is what I will do. But not Luke said, no, no, no. There were a lot of small details in the text. And you have to understand, when Jesus Christ was in the tomb, this was the moment when all the Jewish people believed, ah, we knew the temple still remained. And all the Roman people say, oh, we knew that the Roman gods are bigger than Jesus. And this was a big battle in that things because the temple and the Roman people said the temple will remain and the gods of Rome, they are stronger than Jesus Christ. And for all the disciples, this was the moment they felt Christianity is over. The last three and a half years was amazing, but now everything is over. But Luke said, no, 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 no. Let's think about what happens. It goes down in verse 55 and 56. The woman who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw that the tomb in how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes. And they felt he will be dead. The story is over. Thanks for all the amazing documents. But the temple of the Jewish people 
and the gods of Rome, they won the battle. This was the lowest point in Christianity, actually. Can you imagine you're following Jesus Christ for more than three years? You have given up everything, even your job by Google. You say no to Starbucks anymore. Just following Jesus Christ in the felt now, everything is over right now. But the good thing is, God is always in the lead. Whatever you're going through, maybe sometimes it looks like it's the end of my life. Maybe you're losing a girlfriend, or you're losing a job, or you're losing a house. You're doing not well. You think, my life is over. No, it's not. God is always in charge. God can always do more things that you can imagine or dream. God is always in the lead. God is always in the lead. I want to repeat it. God is always in the lead. That means you are still belonging to the winning team. So when, when the temple and the Roman people felt, oh, we won that battle. You know what happened next? Jesus, before he rose to heaven, he left the tomb. He was alive. And he showed up for more than 500 people. When you hear the number 500 people, you think, oh, that's not a lot. You're thinking about Zurich, a city of almost one million from Winterthur to Arau. It's almost one million. But in those days, around 40,000 people lived in Jerusalem. And when Jesus was showing up, 500 people, I'm alive. I rose from the dead. That means around 12% of the people that could see, oh my gosh, he's alive again. How in the world is that possible? And all of a sudden, a big revival took place and people say, oh my gosh, he's not dead anymore. But the Roman people killed him on the cross. They're putting him to grave. Luke wrote down all the details. We saw it. We heard it. It's all documented. They say, oh my gosh, he's alive. 500 people. That means even the Roman people could down, wrote down, Jesus rose from the dead. He was alive. 500 people. People could see it. When Jesus went to heaven, the story of the Bible just now begins in a new level. So in Acts chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, Luke is writing a new document about the book of Acts. And check out what he's saying. In my former book, that means the documents of Luke. So now I want to write some new documents I wrote about all that Jesus began to do in the Gospel of Luke and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions to the Holy Spirit, to the apostle he had chosen. Have I mentioned you in the beginning he was not the only one who wrote documents? Now, Peter, the, the disciple of Jesus Christ, he had a friend. His uh, friend's name was Mark. And Peter shares the gospel to Mark. And Mark is saying, oh my gosh, Luke wrote the documents to the Greek people, very intellectual people. But Mark said, oh, all my friends are Roman people. They will not understand the Greek thinking. So Mark wrote down the documents of the life of Jesus for the Roman people. And now check out, in the book of Mark, it's very short, it's about action, 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 and action. 
Mark is saying action and action and action and action. Mark is saying, oh, there was a one man was blind, but Jesus healed him. There was a guy who was deaf, he couldn't hear. There's a guy who could not walk, he can walk. Action and action and action and action and action and actions. A miracle and miracle and miracle and miracle. Why in a flipping world is Mark writing about all the action and the miracles? A lot of people say, I don't know. It's very simple. The Roman soldier, they believed Caesar is Lord. And they believed that the gods of Rome, they are so strong. When we come down from a war and we won, it was the Roman gods, they helped us. And now Mark is saying, oh, you Roman gods and Caesar is the Lord. Oh, forget the Caesar. Forget your army. There is one guy. He makes the lame walk. The blind can see. The dead, they are alive. Action and action and action for the Roman-speaking people. Different than to look for the Greek people. So what about the Jewish people? The Jewish people said, yeah, we heard... The lame, the walk, and the blind can see, they say, but we don't care. The Jewish people said, we believe in the Torah, in the first book of Moses. We study everything. But Matthew said, no, I want to write down all the events of Christ for the Jewish people. And the book of Matthew, it's totally different. Matthew writes to the Jewish people, say, hey, guys, do you remember how many prophecies God gave in the book of Isaiah, Jeremiah, Malachi? And check out all the prophecy that was promised in the Old Testament. Jesus has fulfilled all the promises. He is the Messiah. Open up your eyes. He's arised. He's not dead anymore. And the Jewish people, they could see from the Old Testament to the new documents that Jesus Christ has fulfilled all the promises from the Old Testament. Isn't that amazing? Luke wrote for the Greek-speaking people, Mark wrote for the Roman people, and Matthew wrote down everything in Hebrew and was translated in the Greek language so that in the whole entire Roman Empire, the gospel will spread for the Jewish people. And now here's one story left. What's about the book of John? Thanks for asking. The book of John is so different. John was the guy, he followed Jesus Christ. He was maybe lazy. He said, I want to write it down. Writing, it's so much work. It's so expensive. He said, no, no, I don't have to write because Luke is, has done a good job and Mark for the Roman people and Matthew for the Hebrew people. Why in the world? Should I write down also a book? Now, please understand me, right? In those days, certain Christians, they had not one document. There were people, they had never read a document of the life of Christ. Can you imagine? There was a lot of families, they had at home not one document. Some people, they had the document of, of Luke and a little bit from Mark and all from Matthew. And they were the lucky guys because the granddaddy, he said, what do you want to hear tonight? Oh, okay, I bring you Luke. Ah, oh, you want to have Mark? Oh, let's bring the Mark. Ah, oh, you want to have uh, Matthew? Let's come with Matthew. Some people, they were lucky 
and had some documents about the life of Jesus Christ. But what about those people? They never had the chance to have a document. And sometimes you shared the documents for a week. You say, hey, um, do you want to have the book of Luke? So hand they over the book of Mark. So they exchange it. But a lot of families, they never had a document of the life events of Jesus. So John is saying, oh, we have a problem. There's so many Christians, they never read a document. They believed because signs and miracles took place. Christianity doesn't be became big because of the documents. The documents are written because Jesus changed people. He always healed people and people saw When you believe in Christ, miracles take place. So John is saying, oh my gosh, I have to write down certain things for those people. They don't have a document. So now it gets very, very interesting. And I want to read this to you actually in John chapter 20, verse 30. Jesus performed many other signs in his presence of his disciples which are not recorded in the book. He's saying, there are much more things happens, but we never wrote it down. There are much, much more. And now why has John wrote as last? And his writing was different. So in John chapter 20, verse 31, I put it down in five verses. Are you ready? But these are written. John is saying, Maybe this is the only piece or document not bigger than this you ever get. Maybe you will never have the chance to have the whole document of Luke. Maybe this is the only Bible verse or verse you will have. And what is the main point of all the documents? He goes on in verse B. I <laughs> like it. But these are written that you, who is the you? The you is me, it's you, it's the microchurch, it's the online, that you, that means every one of us, it doesn't matter if you're living 100 years later, 2,000 years later, 3,000 years later. Verse, the next one. But these are written that you may believe. What should we believe? What is the main thing that we should believe? You can say, oh, but John, Mark wrote about Christ, and John wrote about, no, no, Luke, and there was Mark and Matthew. But, but, but what should we believe? He's saying, if you don't have a document, not one single piece at home, there's one thing I want to tell you before I die. There's one thing, one thing, one thing. I like it. He was so extreme, John. He's saying, now it comes the point, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, that they might believing you may have life in his name. He's saying, if you don't have any documents, here's the main thing, believe in Jesus Christ and you're saved forever. That's all. For all the people, they will say, we do not believe in the Bible. I have to understand you. There were many people that had no Bible. They had no Bible like you. They never could read the Bible like you. They never could do it. But John is saying, hey, you have one paper. If you believe in Jesus Christ, 
you will be saved. That's the main thing forever. What I like about those things, God took different people and they attracted different people. Have you ever, some people said to me, Pastor, I don't like it. Why in the world God couldn't write only one testament? One, one story. They are so different. Yeah, they are different because Luke wrote for the Greek-speaking people and Mark wrote for the Roman-speaking people and Matthew spoke to the Jewish people and John, he wrote to everyone. John chapter 3, verse 16, so God loved the world. He loved the Roman-speaking people, the Jewish-speaking people, the Greek-speaking people, the pagan people, the Barban people. He loved everyone that everyone knows if I believe in the Messiah of Jesus Christ, I will be saved forever. Have you ever met people that say, of course you have met, met people say, I don't like, there's so many different churches. Have you ever thought about it? Why is there not only one church? It cannot be only one church because everyone is different. Some people, they are so intellectual and that's why you come here to hear very high standard preaching. <laughs> why do you laugh? It's not funny. <laughs> you, don't, you don't come here because you come here It's props, it's simple, and you can relate. That's the way how you are connected. Some people say, oh, that's too easy because it's props. They say, oh, we like more emotion, like super charismatic churches where people flying through the air. And some people say, I don't like flying because I'm getting nervous. That means you, we need different kinds of churches to reach different kinds of people. But we have all together The same message, believe in Jesus Christ and you are saved. I like it. God used different people to write the, the documents for different people and we need different churches to read different people. Now it comes a big, big a flip in the whole story coming to an end. You know, the Roman, the Roman Empire had no problem with the Christians. The Roman people had no problem that the Christians believed that Jesus Christ is Lord. They had no problem that the Christians believed in old documents. The Romans had a problem what they didn't believe. The Christians said, we don't believe that Caesar is Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. They said, we will not bring our grain to the temple of the Roman gods to please them. No, no, no. We bring the 10% of our income into the temple. We believe that the kingdom of God is strong. So the Roman people had the big issue about the Christians, not what they believed, what they didn't believe. So now check out Tertullian, a very famous writer. He writes down about what happens when something happens in Rome. They always felt a, a, a person to blame. Have you ever figured out in every company, if something goes wrong, your boss finds, finds one guy to blame? That's right. So Tertullian writes down, if the Tiber rises as high as the city walls, if the Nile does not send its waters up over the fields, if the heavens give no rain, if there is an earthquake, if there is a famine or a pestilence, Straightway, the cry you can hear, away with the Christians to the lion. Whatever happens in Rome, they blamed the Christian people. They wrote down all the documents of Christ so carefully. In the year 303 after Christ, there was a Roman empire, his name was Theocletian. 
Diocletian and said, I don't like the Christians and we have to make a stop. So he pronounced three things. He said, from now on, it's not allowed as Christians to gather anymore. If you gather in a temple or at home, we will kill you. Secondly, you have to bow down your knees and confess that Caesar is Lord and not Jesus is Lord. Thirdly, he was saying, if everyone keeps the document of Luke, Mark, Matthew, and John at home, we will kill you. So they took all the documents and they burned all the documents. Theocletian said, my dream is I want to destroy all the documents of the life events of Jesus Christ. If you still hide a document in your home and we find out that you have a document of the life of Christ, we want to kill you. Or we make it the other way. You have to see that we kill your wife and your kids in front of your eyes. You can choose. This is the lowest point in church history. And if all those documents are just a fairy tale, if all the documents are just fake, if all the documents of the life of Christ is just a good story, a good Hollywood or Bollywood story, you will say, no problem, burn all those documents away. Now check out for all the people who say, I do not believe in the Bible. I do not believe that the Bible is true. I think people wrote down and the next wrote it down. They made so many mistakes. And after 1,000 years, the document from the beginning and right now, it has sold differently. Do you know what happened? So here's a list of so many people died for those documents. Hey, You don't die for a story. You don't die for a nice guy. You don't die just for a little bit those documents. Hundreds of people were killed because they said those stories has changed our lives. And we heard about our grandfather. They were eyewitnesses. We wrote down everything accordingly what happens. And hundreds of Christians died for the documents because they said we have to keep them safe. And that's the whole story this afternoon. If you do not believe in the Bible, you have never studied the history. You have no clue what you're talking. All those names are not just only names, they are a message. We have sacrificed our lives to protect all those documents. You know what happens? They took the documents and they hide the documents in caves around Israel, all over. That's why some years ago they found some documents in Qumran, many, 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 many places. And they say, oh my gosh, there are documents from 2,000 years ago. That's why when this happened from Diocletian, they took the documents and they hide the documents all over the case. And they said, we have to make sure that the Word of God and all the Old Testament has to be remained for the next generation. Only 30 years later, Alexander the Great, he became the next emperor. And he said, I have seen. You cannot kill the Christians. We try to destroy all the documents, but the life of Jesus Christ is true. And he made the declaration from now on, the whole empire of Rome becomes Christians. 
He asked all the scholars of the Jewish people and the Christians, can you write it down? So they gave all the money and all the papers and they took all the documents that were remained and said, now, please, out of all these documents, create a book. In the year 350, around 350, the first book was finished. And they called the book La Biblia. La Biblia. And 350 years later, the book became a structure. And every people in Rome could read in the Greek language about the life events of Jesus Christ. And they knew 30 years ago, we tried to destroy all the documents. But God is bigger and God is stronger. Hey church, I want to close for me with a statement. Maybe it's a preaching about the church history, about the, the book of the Bible, but listen to me. There are some people right now, they say, I don't like the Bible. This is disrespectful for all the people that have sacrificed their life for you as a document. And I figure out those people say, I do not believe in the Bible anymore. You know what happens? God, the big God becomes smaller and they become bigger and they do not believe that change, transformation, it's possible. This is the biggest message of the cross. You come the way as you are, but the cross will change you forever. The young children say, no, 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 Pastor, I feel my feeling is my new Bible. No, your feelings are just feelings. If you build your life on feelings, God bless you and your kids and your dog. But the Word of God, dear friends, all the documents, it's not about feelings. It's about the fact that Jesus Christ and not Caesar and not the Romans God, I am the Lord forever. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 20, I want to close this Bible verse. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk. It's always a matter of power. If you do really believe in the Bible, you know if I believe, I can move mountains. If I pray, I can call my storm. If I speak, I can heal people with my words. If I put my hands on the sick people, healing will take place. And with my feet, I want to share the gospel wherever I go. So we, this is a house. This is a church where the Bible is our foundation and not your feeling. Oh, I'm so sorry right now to sing that, but I want to repeat. This is not a house of your feelings. This is not a house of the gender agenda, LGBTQ 75910. This is a house where we believe that the Bible is the Word of God and the Word of God remains and stays forever. Let's give God a big round of applause. This is what we believe. Come on. Woo! Hey, thanks for watching. 
Hey, our passion for people is that we see them grow in their relationship with Jesus, live fearlessly and influence their people and the surrounding in a positive way. And if you would like to be part of that vision, we thank you so much for your financial support because that would make it possible. I hope that this message spoke to you really. And if you don't have subscribed to our channel, please do this. And it's always a big blessing. Maybe you know some people in your neighborhood or in your friendship. They, that podcast could be a very, well cool thing. Just share the link because it's pretty, pretty easy. And I'm looking forward to see you again. Tune in and God bless you and see you soon. Bye-bye.